Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Wesley assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called Soul Food, brothers and sisters. Food for the soul. Spiritual health and spiritual strength require a balanced diet of nutritious spiritual food, brothers and sisters. Without food, the body quickly collapses. Without spiritual food, the soul deteriorates. So when we say soul food, we're not talking about southern cooking, brothers and sisters, fried chicken and collard greens. We're talking about food that nourishes your soul, brothers and sisters. Please follow us to John 6 and 27. John chapter 6, verse 27. Labor not for the meat which perish. Read that again, brother. Labor not for the meat which perish. Do not manifest a chief anxiety for bodily food. But for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. But for what? But for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Read. Which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. So, brothers and sisters, it says labor not for the meat which perishes. For the food that perish upon its consumption. So look at this. They're showing you that there's another food that's there. Brothers and sisters. And see this is what Satan don't want us to understand. That there's a spiritual food. <laughs> that you don't eat with your mouth. Brothers and sisters. Read that one more time brother Wesley please. John chapter 6 verse 27. Labor not for the meat which perish. But for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. So the great passion of men should not be for material, secular, and earthly things, brothers and sisters. Christ is telling us, bestow not your chief labor and anxiety upon temporal blessings, brothers and sisters. So this is what we're talking about. What to feed our soul, brothers and sisters. Why? Because both physical and spiritual nutrition are important. But do not solely work for the food that spoils. That's what Christ is showing us here, brothers and sisters. So we first needed to use this as our springboard into the rest of the, the scriptures. This is showing an indication of a food that does not spoil, brothers and sisters. And that's critical. That is key. We're going to go to Isaiah 55 in 1, brothers and sisters. Please follow us to the Tanakh. Follow us to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. We'll read Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. Isaiah chapter 55, 1 through 3. Ho, everyone that thirsteth. Every what? Everyone that thirsteth. Come ye to the waters, and he that have no money. Come ye, buy, and eat. Ye, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Read. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread? Read that again, brother. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth, satisfieth not? Hearken dil diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. So look at this, brothers and sisters. There's a spiritual food that nourishes the inner man with that which material things cannot. Read that one more time, brother, from the top, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. Take your time, brother. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that have no money, come ye, buy, and eat. 
Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Buy this food without money and without price. So this can only be bought through dedication and commitment and submission to Christ, brothers and sisters. This food. You can't buy this with money. That's why I said buy wine and milk without money, without price. Because there's only one way to accumulate this particular nourishment, brothers and sisters. And that's through dedication and commitment. What does verse 2 say, Brother Weston? Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. So look at that, brothers and sisters. Many seek satisfaction and fulfillment in the world with things that will never satisfy, brothers and sisters. That's what Isaiah is showing us here, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, Brother Wesley. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 3. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. Do what? Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even even the sure mercies of David. So look at this. He's telling you, first thing you must do is incline your ear. Come to me and hear. So now we're learning. There's something that we can hear or see or do that's a spiritual bread, brothers and sisters, or spiritual meat, a soul food, a food for the soul, brothers and sisters. And that's what we're going to use this uh, lesson for. To show us what spiritually should be within our diet, brothers and sisters. And what things we should withstand or abstain from, brothers and sisters. Please follow us to the wisdom of Solomon in the Apocrypha, brothers and sisters. Follow us to the Apocrypha. We're going to go to wisdom of Solomon 16 and 26, brother Wesley. What does that say? Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 16, verse 26. That thy children, O Lord... Whom thou lovest might know. Might know what? That it is not the growing of fruits that nourish man. Know what? That it is not the growing of fruits that nourish man, but that it is thy word, which preserveth them that put their trust in thee. But what? Which preserveth them that put their trust in thee. So the Bible is a unique book, brothers and sisters, because as the word of God, it nourishes us in our spiritual life. See, the word of God provides the spiritual food that our souls crave. Read that one more time, brother. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 16, verse 26. That thy children, O Lord, whom thou lovest, might know that it is not the growing of fruits that nourish man, but that it is thy word which preserveth them that put their trust in thee. But it is thy word which preserveth them that put thy trust in thee. So look at that, brothers and sisters. The word of God. Feasting on scriptures brings true nourishment for the soul, brothers and sisters. See, and that's key. That's key. We must feed our soul with the nourishment contained within biblical literature, brothers and sisters. And that is what we plan to do today. We're going to go to Jeremiah 15 and 16, brothers and sisters. Please follow us to the Tanakh. Follow us to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah Chapter 15, verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Read that again, brother. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. Read that again, brother. Thy word were found, 
And I did eat them. I did what? And I did eat them. We must digest his word, converting the word of God into wholesome nourishment, brothers and sisters. See? So it's not just to hear him. You, you hear him first. But then you must digest it, brothers and sisters. You must apply it, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. And, the wor- and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Which does what? It illustrates the happiness which we acquire in consequence to eating his word, brothers and sisters. Why? Because when men find the word of God, they also find their duty in calling. How do we know that? Read it one more time, brother. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Why? For I am called by thy name. Because what? For I am called by thy name. See, look at that, brothers and sisters. When men find the word of God, they also find their duty in calling. When we make a grand discovery of the will of God concerning ourselves, (laughs) look at that. It says, for I am called by thy name. See, where'd you get that? You understood that once you ate the word brothers and sisters, then you find your place. So why would you be rejoicing? Because reading a will is not interesting until you find you have part in it, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Take your time, brother. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Why? For I am called by the name of the Lord of hosts. See, look at that. For I am called by thy name. When did that happen? When did you find out you were called by his name? (laughs) When you digested the word. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And I rejoiced. Why? Because I'm called by thy name. (laughs) See, brothers and sisters, that's the key. You must eat this word. You must understand that it's spiritual nourishment, brothers and sisters. That it's good spiritual nutrition, brothers and sisters. And once you do that, you find out your purpose. You find out your calling. That's critical. That's critical, brothers and sisters. And that's why those who don't study the Bible, who are not taking this serious, maybe pick it up once, and that's on Sunday, don't know their calling, brothers and sisters. Because you can't only hear it. You must digest it. You must digest this word, brothers and sisters. You must apply this word. And what happens when you do that? You have joy and rejoicing of your heart. Why? Because you find out you're called by the name of the Most High, brothers and sisters. And that's key. That is key right there. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus, brother, in the Apocrypha. We're going to Ecclesiasticus, not Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiasticus, brothers and sisters. We're going to read chapter 37, verse 27. Ecclesiasticus, chapter 37, verse 27. My son... Prove thy soul in thy life. Do what? Prove thy soul in thy life. Brothers and sisters, to prove is to ascertain by test and experiment. And see what is evil for it. And do what? And see what is evil for it. And give not that unto it. So look at that. Our whole walk should be directed to finding out what things are pleasing to Christ, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Ecclesiasticus chapter 37, verse 27. My son... Prove thy soul in thy life, and see what is evil for it, and give not that unto it. So look at that, brothers and sisters. 
See, everything is not good for your soul. That's why we're using this lesson today to show, according to the Bible, what is good spiritual nutrition. Why? Because if we're unable to differentiate between good and evil, the enemy wins. Brothers and sisters, prove thy soul in thy life. See, so the only way to prove what is right and what's evil is through his word, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. My son, prove thy soul in thy life and see what it is evil for it and give not that unto it. Read. For all things are not profitable for all men. Read that again. For all things are not profitable for all men. Neither have every soul pleasure in everything. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Soul food. We're learning what's profitable for the soul. If you have to prove it, if you have to test it, if you have to test by experiment, you must measure according to the Bible. Because everything is not good for your soul. Just like your natural body. All foods are not good for your natural body. Just because you can eat it doesn't make it good. See, that's what we have to say to Christians, because Christians say, well, you know, well, the laws, dietary laws done away with. I can eat pork, crab, shrimp, and lobster. They believe that anything <laughs> that they can kill, they can eat. So I'm like, okay, well, brother, is, do you eat rat? Do you eat that? What do you eat camel's hump? I mean, this is, these are meats. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. Everything is not good for you just because you can eat it, brothers and sisters. And we're making that a correlation to spiritually. Everything you see or hear or do is not right, even if it's coming from a Christian, brothers and sisters. See? Because why? We learn from Christians and we were indoctrinated. See? Thinking that going to church on Sunday, well, I'm going, at least I'm in the house of the Lord, but you're learning against this law. See? You're learning Sunday worship. You're learning pork is good. You're learning Easter. <laughs> so everything is not good. Okay? Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 18, brother. We're going to Ecclesiasticus 18 and 30. Ecclesiasticus chapter 18, verse 30. Go not after thy lust, but refrain thyself from thine appetite. Read that again, brother. Go not after thy lust, but refrain thyself from thine appetites. It's telling you, watch what you feed your spirit, brothers and sisters. See? Read. If thou givest thy soul the desires that please her. Read that again. If thou givest thy soul the desires that please her, she will make thee a laughing stock to thine enemies that malign thee. So look at that, brothers and sisters. The scripture tells you, do not allow your spirit man, your inner man, to be poisoned with toxic spiritual food, brothers and sisters. Why do we go here? Because the scripture prior said, prove thy soul what is good. Read that from the top, brother, please. Ecclesiasticus chapter 18, verse 30. Go not after thy lusts, but refrain thyself from thine appetites. If thou, if thou givest thy soul the desires that please her, she will make thee a laughingstock to thine enemies that malign thee. So look at that, brothers and sisters. If you give your soul everything you want, everything that feels good, everything you desire, you will be a laughingstock before your enemies. Brothers and sisters, you will make a fool out of yourself. Why? Because you can't allow your soul to lead you. You have to lead your soul. You can't allow your heart to lead you. You have to lead your heart, brothers and sisters. Because we're, why? From youth, we're given to evil, <laughs> brothers and sisters. I don't know what's right unless I measure it against these scriptures. See, brothers and sisters, everything that tastes good is not good for you, 
brothers and sisters. Okay? We're going to prove that. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 17 and 16. One chapter over, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus chapter 17, verse 16. What does that say, brother? Every man from his youth is given to evil. Read that again. Every man from his youth is given to evil. Neither could they make to themselves flashy hearts for stoning. Fleshy hearts for stoning, brothers and sisters. So something's key here. Every man from his youth is given to evil. So this is showing you humanity has always been dexterous at confusing evil with good, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Ecclesiasticus chapter 17, verse 16. Every man from his youth is given to evil. Neither could they make to them themselves fleshy hearts for stoning. So look at this, brothers and sisters. We are taught from birth to judge according to our own desires. And that would distort our ability to discern good from evil. Brothers and sisters, see, there must be something externally, <laughs> something outside of myself that tells me what's right. And see, that's the key. That's what happens when you come into the truth. Because initially, without, you know, being obligated to follow the laws that are in the Bible, the only thing you have to do is follow what pleases you, what you say is good. And there's a higher obligation when you start following Christ, brothers and sisters. You have to learn good because you don't know what good is from your youth. That's what this is showing us, brothers and sisters. And when it says, it says, neither could they make themselves fleshy hearts for stony. That's stubborn. Our hearts are stubborn, brothers and sisters, on what we want. See? So think about stony ground. You can't put a seed in a hard ground. It's stubborn. It won't receive the seed, brothers and sisters. So the Most High said, break up your stony heart. And I'll rain down a seed. But your heart or the, the ground, the fallow ground, can't receive the seed because the ground is stubborn. Anybody who's ever planted, <laughs> you know, planted produce before, understand you have to till that ground. You have to soften that ground up, break up the clods of, of earth before you put a seed in it, brothers and sisters. So this is what he's showing you. Every man from his youth and woman is given to evil. Brothers and sisters, taught to judge according to my own desires, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Isaiah 5 and 20, brother. Going back to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters, please follow us there. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. What does that say, brother? Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Read that again. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. So there would be some level of confusion as to what righteousness is, brothers and sisters. How do we know? If we all know what's good and evil, why aren't we doing good? <laughs> why isn't everybody doing good if they know what, you know, the difference between good and evil? See, it sounds elementary, but it's not. Read that one more time from the top, brother. Woe unto them that call good that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light, and and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. So, brothers and sisters, every man from his youth is given to evil. So, couple that with this scripture, brothers and sisters, and it shows you, as a child, we're taught a perspective of life strictly through government social engineering, brothers and sisters. So, they tell us what's right and wrong according to society, Right? Modern social righteousness often differs from the righteousness of the Bible. Why? 
We believe that Sunday worship is good. We believe that homosexuals were born that way. That's what people believe out there. We believe pork is the other white meat. <laughs> See? So what the government say is right is right. We can lock up Hispanics because they don't have the proper paperwork to come in. It's like, who made you the police of the earth? Mexicans were here before there was a border, sir. Okay? See, brothers and sisters? They're... There's confusion in the earth today about what is right and what is wrong, brothers and sisters. And that's critical. We have to go to Malachi 2 and 17. Why? Because if you look at society today, modern righteousness or social righteousness often and almost always differs from the righteousness of the Bible. Let's go to Malachi, brother. We're standing in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. We're going to Malachi, the book before the New Testament, 2 and 17. Malachi chapter 2, verse 17. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words. He said, I'm tired of your talking. Yet ye say, wherein have we wearied him? How do we weary him? When ye say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? Look at this. <laughs> Wherein ye say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. See, this is what we do, brothers and sisters. This is what we do. You see, the people who are evil, you actually say are good. Especially in the black community. We have this fatuation with drug dealers that didn't get caught. <laughs> we glorify drug dealers that got away with it. We glorify, we glorify uh, uh, you know... Ex-strippers, strippers that was stripping and used that to get rich. <laughs> this is what we do. The most I said, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you claiming that people that are doing evil are actually good. Okay? So now, what, what, what has to happen, brothers and sisters? Now we have to go to Baruch in order to identify when evil was actually introduced, brothers and sisters. That's the key. We have to go to the source. Where did evil start, brothers and sisters? So, brothers and sisters, we have to go to 3rd Baruch, <clears throat> which is in the pseudepigrapha of the Old Testament. In your traditional apography, you have 1st Baruch. But there's more accounts of Baruch, brothers and sisters. And in order to learn about this tree of good and evil, we must go to 3rd Baruch. And why are we going here? Because we have to know where evil came from, brothers and sisters. Because it wasn't the Most High. Many years ago, I had a brother ask me, why would the Most High put a tree there that he knew would lead to sin. And what you'll find out is the Most High never tempted us, brothers and sisters. The Most High never tempted us because, see, that's, that's what atheists come with. Is, well, we couldn't get to Genesis, the third chapter, before Adam and Eve was sinning. Why would the Most High put that there if he knew we would fall? And what you'll find out is the Most High didn't put that tree there, brothers and sisters. Follow us to Third Baruch, chapter 4. We're going to start in the middle of verse 8. Uh, we're going to read 8 through 16, brother. I said, I pray thee, show me which is the tree which led Adam astray. So look at this, brothers and sisters. Baruch is saying, show me the tree that led Adam astray, that tree of good and evil. And the angel said to me, it is the vine which the angel Samuel planted. Which is what? The, yep. 
which is the angel Samuel planted. So Samuel planted this tree, <clears throat> brothers and sisters, which was a demon, a fallen angel. We show you. It says, and the angel said unto me, said to me, it is the vine which the angel Samuel planted, not the most high. See? So what you're seeing is the spirit that created the evil that led to our captivity, that led to our sin was not the most high. It was Samuel, brothers and sisters. When you do the research, it's the guardian angel of Esau, the Edomites, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. I said, I pray thee, I, I pray thee, show me which is the tree which led Adam astray. And the angel said to me, it is the vine which the angel Samuel planted, whereat the Lord was angry, and and he cursed him and, and his plant. Take your time, brother. <clears throat> and he cursed him and his plant, while also on this account he did not permit Adam to touch it. And therefore the devil, being envious, deceived him through his vine. So look, being envious, show you envy, brothers and sisters, jealousy come from the devil. This is where it began, brothers and sisters. That's why you have to be very careful of being envious of people, being, uh, you know, uh, jealous of people, brothers and sisters. Why? Because it's a sin from the beginning that will lead you to try to destroy your brother or sister if you get the chance. Read, brother. And I, Baruch, said, since also the vine has been the cause of such great evil and is under the judgment of the curse of God, and was the destruction of the first created. How How is it now so useful? So he's asking, <clears throat> how is this tree of good and evil useful? Why, if it was led to our sin, why is this thing so useful here? And the angel said, thou askest aright. When God caused the deluge upon the earth and destroyed all flesh and, and 409,000 giants, and the water rose 15 cubits above the highest mountains. Then the water entered into paradise and destroyed every flower. But it removed wholly without the bounds that shoot of the vine. So look at this. It's telling you paradise is the Garden of Eden, brothers and sisters. It destroyed everything in the Garden of Eden but this. Uh, read, brother. And it cast it outside. And when the earth appeared out of the water and Noah came out of the ark, he began to plant of the plants which he found, but he also found the shoot of the vine, and he took it and was reasoning in himself, what then is this? Is it? And I came and spake to him the, the things concerning it, and he said, shall I plant it, or what shall I do? So he's asking, should I plant this? I found this the root of this tree of good and evil. Should I plant this? Read. Since Adam was destroyed because of it, let me not also meet the anger of God because of it. And saying these things, he prayed that God would reveal to him what he should do concerning it. And when he had completed the prayer, which lasted 40 days, and having besought many things and wept, he said, Lord, I entreat thee to reveal to me what I should do concerning this plant. But God sent an angel, Serezel. Sarasel, and said to him, Arise, Noah, and plant the shoot of the vine. For thus said the Lord, Its bitterness shall be changed into sweetness, and its curse shall become a blessing. It's telling you, he said, Yeah, Noah, plant that, plant that tree again. It says, <clears throat> Because it's 
bitterness shall be changed into sweetness and its curse shall become a blessing. Pick up from there, brother. And that which is produced from it shall become the blood of God. And what? And that and that which is produced from it shall become the blood of God. So because of this, Christ would come and shed his blood. So even though, brothers and sisters, it had a negative effect, something good was going to come out of this, brothers and sisters. Read. And as through it, the human race obtained condemnation. So again, through Christ, the Emmanuel, will they receive in him the upward calling. So look at that, brothers and sisters. Emmanuel means God with us. That's what Emmanuel means, brothers and sisters, where it says they shall call his name Emmanuel in the Old Testament. So Emmanuel means God with us. But what we're showing you here is what? The, there's a source to all of the evil, brothers and sisters. There was a root that would poison mankind and take his dominion. And Satan, Samael, who's a fallen angel, planted this purposely. It was a satanic plot from the fallen ones, brothers and sisters. So don't think that this was the most high saying, well, yeah, let me plant something in the midst of my children to, uh, to tempt them. No, that didn't happen. Samael and the Most High are diametrically opposed, brothers and sisters. The Most High never tempted man to sin. So this is where we got the confusion. This is where it started, brothers and sisters. This is where the confusion started. Calling good evil. Calling evil good. How many people have told you since you started following the Sabbath or started stopped eating pork that you're dealing with a cult? Because you stopped, cele you stopped celebrating Christmas. Oh, you, you, you in a cult? Yeah. You, 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 you taking it out of context. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. How many times we heard that, brothers and sisters? Yeah, you over to drinking the Kool-Aid of uh, the Commandment Keepers Church. See, this is what they do. Call evil good and good evil. Yeah, you need to get off this law thing. Yeah, the law, the law is not good for you to keep. Christ did away with that. See, calling good evil and evil good. Well, yeah, just pray over the pork chops, you know, the pig snout, and everything's okay. This is what they do. They're confused why it started here. Samael, brothers and sisters, planted this tree to do what? To poison mankind and take our dominion, brothers and sisters. So this is key. This is where it started, brothers and sisters, right here. What we're doing is identifying why people are confused when it comes to good and evil. Now, Let's go to Second Ezra, brothers and sisters. We're going back into your uh, your traditional apocrypha. We're going to Second Ezra. We're going to read chapter three, verse nineteen through twenty-two. Because now, to fight that, brothers and sisters, to fight that tree, we had to receive the law. We're going to prove that. Second Ezra, chapter three, verse nineteen, and thy glory went through four gates of fire. And of earthquake, and of wind, and of cold, that thou mightiest give the law unto the seed of Jacob. That thou mightest give the law to the seed of Jacob. And diligence unto the generation of Israel. So this scripture, verse 19, is showing you what it took for the law to come into our realm, brothers and sisters. It had to go through four gates of fire, earthquake, wind, of the cold, that he may give us his law to the seed of Jacob. Who's the seed of Jacob? The children of Israel. The natives, Negroes and Hispanics, brothers and sisters, the Dominicans, the Puerto Ricans, the Vietnamese, the Haitians, the Jamaicans. Those are the West Indies. 
the Negroes or African Americans. These people, the Hawaiians, the Samoans, those from Guam. See? These are the Mexicans, brothers and sisters. The Aborigines of Australia, brothers and sisters. The Costa Ricans and Panamanians, the Cubans. They are the seed of Jacob, brothers and sisters. And verse 19 is showing you that this is what transpired in order for us to receive the law in this realm. The Most High sent us a law that would battle the tree of good and evil. Brothers and sisters, see? Read that one more time, brother. Second Ezra chapter 3, verse 19. And thy glory went through four gates of fire and of earthquake and in wind and of cold, that thou might give the law unto the seed of Jacob. Give the what? Give the law unto the seed of Jacob and diligence unto the generation of Israel. And yet tookest thou not away from them a wicked heart, that thy law might bring forth fruit in them. So it's saying, listen, you gave the law, but we still had that wicked heart. Remember that scripture that said, could not make fleshy hearts from stony? See, we all have that wicked heart, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Second Ezra chapter 3, verse 20. And yet tookest thou not away from them a wicked heart, that thy law might bring forth fruit in them. Read. For the first Adam bearing a wicked heart transgressed. Now that's key. It says the first Adam, brothers and sisters. Who is the second Adam? The second Adam is Christ, brothers and sisters. So when you read that, that's referring to the first Adam is Adam and Eve. The second Adam is Christ when you read that in scripture, brothers and sisters. Read 21 again, brother. Second Ezra chapter 3, verse 21. For the first Adam bearing a wicked heart transgressed and was overcome. And so be all they that are born of him. And what? And so be all they that are born of him. Look at that, brothers and sisters. The first Adam bearing a wicked heart transgressed and was overcome. And so be all they that are born from him. Everybody that's born from Adam and Eve have this wicked heart, brothers and sisters. I don't care how many scriptures you know, how many times you've been baptized, or if you got a beard to your foot, you have a wicked heart. Until it's transformed by this Bible. So you don't know what right is outside of this book. You don't know what good spiritual food is outside of this book. See, this is why we don't follow Muslims. We don't follow Buddhists. We don't follow Mormons. We don't follow nothing but this book, brothers and sisters. Why? Because we all have a wicked heart. And if what you're saying don't add up with this book, then you're showing your wickedness. We all have this, brothers and sisters. So for us to think we know better than the Most High God, you're showing your wickedness. Because the first Adam had a wicked heart and was overcome. And so be all they that are born from him. We're going to show you. Read the next scripture, brother. Second Ezra chapter 3, verse 22. Thus infirmity was made permanent. Read that again. Thus infirmity was made permanent. That heart, brothers and sisters, the wicked heart was made permanent. Permanent. Read that again, brother. Thus the infirmity was made permanent, and the law also in the heart of the people with the malignity of the root. The malignity of the root, read. So that the good departeth away, and the evil abode still. So look at that, brothers and sisters. See? The Most High sent us a law to battle that tree of good and evil. That's the reason for it. That we would be able to discern good and evil. So when Christians say... 
The law is done away with. They don't even understand what they're saying, brothers and sisters. The law is done away with. How do we discern good from evil? <laughs> See? If the law is done away with, how do we discern good and evil? See? It's showing you that Adam took on a seed that automatically leads us to make wrong decisions, brothers and sisters. See, that's the key. That's critical, brothers and sisters. See, you cannot trust your own heart, brothers and sisters. You must trust the Most High's instruction. We all have probably in some time when we were young saying, I can't do without this person. I need this person. I'd rather die if I don't have this person. <laughs> and then what, five years later? <laughs> Sisters know what I'm talking about. You're like, I wish I never met that person. That person destroyed my life. See, your heart will lead you off, brothers and sisters. Why? Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things, brothers and sisters. So he's showing you, I gave you the law to fight that tree of good and evil. I gave you the law for that. Why did we go here, brothers and sisters? We initially needed to show you that an angel called Samael actually planted that as a plot to take man's dominion. And what did the Most High do as a defense to that? He gave us the law, brothers and sisters. He gave us a law to fight that evil. Because why? Good sometimes, or evil sometimes looks like it's good. <laughs> when you're not measuring it against the Bible. See? He told Eve, well, listen, you, you'll have more knowledge. You'll be like a God. See? That was good to her. She's like, well, yeah, more knowledge? Okay, yeah. That seemed good. See? So good, brothers and sisters, is diametrically opposed to evil. There, You can't you can't mix the two up, brothers and sisters. You cannot mix the two up. A brother saying, well, yeah, Halloween, yeah. It's, it's a good day. It's, it's a family day. <laughs> it's a family day where I dress my children up like a goon or a goblin. <laughs> and then we go out to, to strangers' house <laughs> and receive candy. I'm like, brother, I mean, <laughs> what, I mean, who plays around with being entertained by demons? <laughs> Bunch of kids running around with demon suits on. And you know it's a spirit. How do we know, brothers and sisters? Because they start acting out the character that they've chosen. Brother walking around in a ninja suit, he start acting like a ninja. It's a spirit, brothers and sisters. Well, Christmas, it's actually when we know Christ wasn't born there. But, you know, we just use it to, you know, to have a family day for Christ. See, this is what's going on, brothers and sisters. It's evil. You must screen all things through these scriptures, brothers and sisters. That's the key. You can't determine what's right or wrong, and neither can I. That's what I tell a Christian. If the law is done away, with what's good? <laughs> what is right? What I say right is? Is that what it is? <laughs> See? So he's showing you why we needed the law, brothers and sisters. Let's go to uh, Psalms, Brother Wesley. We're going to Psalms 19. In seven, brothers and sisters, follow us there. Psalms chapter 19, verse seven. The law of the Lord is perfect. Read that again. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Doing what? Converting the soul. Soul food. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Brothers and sisters, we must have a source of purity that we can draw from. We must measure righteousness according to biblical literature, brothers and sisters. See, read it again, brother. 
The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Enlightening the eyes because you can be spiritually blind, brothers and sisters. So the scriptures was given so we can measure with the heart of the Most High, brothers and sisters. Why? Because Ezra's told us we have an infirmity that was made perfect, uh, permanent, which was a wicked heart. So we must examine things through the eyes of the Most High for self-correction, brothers and sisters. See? So this is why we need the law. This is what we tell Christians. We need the law in order to learn how to be sagacious. This is what we need it for, brothers and sisters, because you won't know if you're feeding your soul <laughs> good nutrition or bad nutrition without this, brothers and sisters. And that's cri that's critical, critical. That's key. The law of the Lord is perfect, brothers and sisters, converting the soul, telling you what this Bible is a nutrition guide for the soul, brothers and sisters. Let's go to. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus, brother, in the Apocrypha. Follow us there, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ecclesiasticus chapter 15, verse 1. Ecclesiasticus chapter 15, verse 1. He that feareth the Lord will do good. Read that again, brother. He that feareth the Lord will do good. And he that hath the knowledge of the law shall obtain her. So look at that. The fear of the Lord will do good. See, if you don't fear the Most High, you will not do good. That's the key. Read that one more time, brother. He that feareth the Lord will do good. And he that hath the knowledge of the law shall obtain her. Who's her? Her is the personification of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. Okay? Read verse 3, brother. Ecclesiasticus chapter 15, verse 3. With the bread of understanding shall he shall she feed him. Read that again, brother. <clears throat> With the bread of understanding shall she feed him, and give him the water of wisdom to drink. With the bread of understanding. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, what the soul requires for nourishment is contained in biblical literature. That's key. That that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. We must feed our soul daily with the knowledge and wisdom that we find through the meditation. Of the Most High's word, brothers and sisters, with the bread of understanding. See, that's what we should be feeding ourselves, brothers and sisters, the wisdom of the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Ecclesiasticus chapter 15, verse 3. With the bread of understanding shall she feed him and give him the water of wisdom to drink. See, so the key is we need his law to help mitigate our moral compass brothers and sisters, so we can be monolithic concerning good and evil. We must have the same understanding on what right and wrong is, brothers and sisters, because we're living in a society that say, well, yeah, for a brother to sleep with a hundred women, you know, <laughs> that's a good thing. You, you're a player. You're a player, player. That's what they say, right? <laughs> See? A sister who, who walk around with spanks on, pretty much, you know, <laughs> body suit on, will say, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm free, I'm strong, I'm showing my strength by showing my chest. Push my chest to my nose. And that, that you know, I'm showing my power. I'm showing my free freedom. See? So the scripture is telling you, feed yourself with the bread of understanding. The bread of understanding, brothers and sisters, and that's what we're dealing with 
today. We're going to feed ourselves with that spiritual bread that don't perish like John told us, like Christ told us in John. This is key, brothers and sisters. Brother Wesley, let's go to Proverbs. We're going to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35, brother. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35. For whoso findeth me, findeth life. This is wisdom, the Holy Spirit. And shall obtain favor of the Lord. So look at that. There's no option. <laughs> Read it one more time, brother. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. So look at that, brothers and sisters. If you want, if you want life, you must find wisdom, which is contained in this book, brothers and sisters. Read. But he that sinneth against me, wrongeth his own soul. Read that again. But he that sinneth against me, wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Read that part again. All they that hate me love death. Mm. Look at that, brothers and sisters. There is no option for agreeing to disagree with the Most High, brothers and sisters. There's no option to accept parts of the Bible, you know, and then reject other parts. You don't have that option. If you have an interest in living, we must acquiesce to his instruction, brothers and sisters. How do we know? Read 35 and 36 one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 8. Verse 35, for whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. He wrongeth his own soul. See, this is food for the soul, brothers and sisters, knowing what to feed and what to withstand from. Read. All they that hate me love death. See, so if you rebel against his instruction, you must love the dysfunctional lives that torture the souls of most brothers and sisters. That's key. See, he's telling you what's good for your soul and what's not. Find me. Feed yourself with the bread of understanding righteousness and stay away from sin because if you continue to sin, you wrongeth your own soul. And if you wrong your own soul, you must love death. See that, brothers and sisters? See, so a Buddhist can't show me what's good for my soul. Okay? A Christian cannot show me what's good for my soul. Unless they're a pre-Constantine Christian, which means they actually follow the commandments. <laughs> no holidays. No pork. No unclean foods. See? A, a, a Muslim can't show me what's good for my soul. A Mormon can't show me what's good for my soul. Brothers and sisters. Only the Bible, only those who have followed the Bible literally, brothers and sisters. I don't want to hear, well, it's an allegory and all. I don't want to hear that because if you believe that, then you can start manipulating scriptures to believe whatever you wanted to believe. See, so you must read the Bible from a literal perspective first. And yet it goes into metaphors and visions, but first you must understand it's literal. It means what it says. When it says don't eat pork, that's what it means. It don't mean, well, it's talking about spiritual pork or, or whatever, the, you know, people people be saying out there, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time and then we're going to move forward. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35. For whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. See, so it's telling you sin. Is not good nutrition for the soul, brothers and sisters. In fact, that leads to death. 
So that's critical. Now you fill yourself with the bread of understanding, you'll find favor from the Most High. But if you continue to sin, that will lead to death. Why? Because sin, brothers and sisters, is transgression of the law, which leads to death. The wages for sin is death, brothers and sisters. See, so anybody telling you to sin or you don't have to follow the law must love death, brothers and sisters. That's key. Let's go to Proverbs 19 and 16, Brother Wesley. Follow us there, brothers and sisters. Soul food, food for the soul. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 16. He that keepeth the commandments keepeth his own soul. Read that again, brother. He that keepeth the commandments keepeth his own soul. He that guards the commandments guards himself. But he that despises his ways shall die. So look at that, brothers and sisters. There is a way to live that brings happiness and success. And there's a way to live that will kill you, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. He that keepeth the commandment, commandment keepeth his own soul. When it says keepeth his own soul, that's for such conduct is conducive to a good spiritual life. Read. But he that despiseth his ways shall die. Shall die for destruction is the punishment of such disobedience, brothers and sisters. See, it's telling you how to keep your own soul. It's telling you what's good. What do you feed your soul with? The commandments. <laughs> See, that's good spiritual food right there, brothers and sisters. And a lot of our people are walking around malnourished, brothers and sisters, neglecting the spirit, neglecting their soul, feeding it with pornography, with rap music and reality TV. And, you know, they have this new, uh, it's not a new religion, but there's this new thing that's going on, brothers and sisters, where it's this, uh, you know, just be good, just be free. It's like a Buddhist modern, <laughs> you know, it's just where you can do whatever you want. Anything can be good. Just, you know, just be nice. <laughs> so get out, of, get out of here with that madness. That's what they say. Anybody can get to heaven. Just be good. I'm like, well, what's good? <laughs> because why? A homosexual think they good. A pedophile think they good. A murderer think they good. A drug dealer think they good. So who determines what's right and wrong? You? Absolutely not. The Bible, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 16. He that keepeth the commandment keepeth his own soul, but he that despiseth his way shall die. So brothers and sisters, there's a way that leads to life. And there's a way that leads to death. The choice is yours, but the results are the most highs, brothers and sisters. The results are his. Brothers and sisters, follow us to Proverbs 15 and 32. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32. He that refuseth instruction despises his own soul. Read that again, brother. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. A wise man will gladly hear instruction and submissively take reproof. But he that heareth the reproof gives understanding. Read. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. And what? And before honor is humility. So look at that. Before you're honored with what you want, you must humble yourself to what I'm telling you. Look at that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> See, he's telling you what's good for your soul. Read 32 again, brother. 
Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. This, this is soul food. You see, he's telling you what's good for your soul and what is against your own soul. Read that again. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. So, brothers and sisters, noble men in the Most High's sight are those with ready minds for, for receiving the instruction of God's word, brothers and sisters. See, he that refuseth instruction, the Most High is giving you clear direction and you refuse that you're working against your own soul here. See? And he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. See? So a wise man will gladly take instruction and submissively take reproof. But a foolish man, a wicked man, will resist them both. He's showing us something here, brothers and sisters. He's showing you what is good for your soul and what is not. Now you would think that he who created your soul would know what's best for it, brothers and sisters. Would you not? Let's go to Proverbs 19 and 8, Brother Wesley. Follow us, brothers and sisters, into Proverbs 19 and 8. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 8. He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. Soul food. Read that again, brother. He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. Brothers and sisters, it's showing you wisdom is self-serving. For it brings peace and prosperity to your own life. Brothers and sisters, read that one more time, Brother Wesley. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 8. He that giveth wisdom loveth his own soul. Loveth his own soul. To learn wisdom is true self-love, brothers and sisters. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. He that what? He that keepeth understanding shall find good. Brothers and sisters, wisdom should not only be gotten, but it should be retained. See, look at that, brothers and sisters. Loveth his own soul. This love is demonstrated and proved by the acquiring of wisdom, brothers and sisters. See, so it's not good enough to just get the wisdom, but to retain that understanding, brothers and sisters. He's showing you what, what is a good, nutritious soul. <laughs> what is it? You have to watch what you're putting into your soul. He's showing you. Get wisdom. It's showing that is an indication of your self-love. Brothers and sisters, that's critical. That's key. Because why? Today's lesson is soul food. What is good food for your soul? And it's showing you wisdom is good food. The bread of understanding is good food for your soul, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Proverbs 15 and 14, Brother Wesley. What does that say, brother? Proverbs chapter 15, verse 14. The heart of him that hath understandeth understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. Look at that. <laughs> the secret of a healthy mind is the retention and meditation of scripture. Brothers and sisters, read that one more time. The heart of him that hath understandeth understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. The mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. <laughs> Why? Because you are what you eat. See, look at that, brothers and sisters. Fools eat foolishness. So everything they deal with is on a foolish level. It's on a carnal level. Everything they watch, everything they listen to, every place they go, everywhere they spend their money. 
to your food because that's the only thing you're feeding your soul. So look at that. When he says to eat the bread of understanding, why? Because that leads to wisdom, brothers and sisters. What you put into your vessel, what you put into your spiritual or into your soul determines the condition of your soul, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time and we'll move forward. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 15, verse 14. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. Feedeth on foolishness. You are what you eat, brothers and sisters. And that's spiritually also. Let's go to Proverbs 16 and 17, brother. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 17. What does that say? The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. Read. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. He that what? He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Preserve what? Preserveth his soul. Preserve what? Preserveth his soul. Length of life is related to righteous living, brothers and sisters. By following the highway of strict piety, a man preserveth his soul. Brothers and sisters, see that? It's showing you this is food for the soul. <laughs> this is food to preserve your soul. Brothers and sisters, read that one more time. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 17. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Preserveth his soul. Why? Because you preserve your soul from mischief, which befalls those that walk in the crooked paths of wickedness. Brothers and sisters, see? <laughs> By default, if you're doing what's right, you stay out of calamities because it's the sin that brings on that calamity, brothers and sisters. See? This is how you preserve your soul, brothers and sisters. This is critical, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, Brother Wesley. Chapter 6, verse 4, brother. What does that say? Ecclesiasticus, chapter 6, Verse 4, a wicked soul shall destroy him that hath it. Read that again. A wicked soul shall destroy him that hath it, and shall make him to be laughed to scorn of his enemies. See, so look at that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Evil will eventually destroy itself, brothers and sisters. And it's showing you. Read that one more time. Ecclesiasticus chapter 6, verse 4. A wicked soul shall destroy him that hath it, and shall make him to be a laugh to the scorn of his enemies. And shall do what? And be a laugh to, to scorn of his enemies. Take your time read that one more time, brother. A wicked soul shall destroy him that hath it, and shall make him to be laughed to scorn of his enemies. So only, brothers and sisters, the ungodly only need enough rope to hang themselves. A wicked soul shall destroy him that hath it. So what are we showing here? We're showing you how to have a spiritually nutritious and righteous soul. Because why? A wicked soul will destroy itself, brothers and sisters. And then on top of that, it says, shall make him to be laughed to scorn of his enemies. Make you a laughing stock. Why? Because your wickedness is going to cause you to be destroyed. And so your enemies love that. The best way to get an enemy back is success, brothers and sisters. <laughs> you only can find success in righteousness. Brothers and sisters, especially the children of Israel, laugh to scorn of his enemies, which means publicly destroyed. See, and that's the key, brothers and sisters. A lot of times when the Most High tells you something privately, 
and you don't adhere to that, he's going to tell you publicly before everybody. So take heed to what he's telling you in private before it becomes a public altercation, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 4 and 9. We're going to the Torah, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. Only take heed to thyself, and that, and keep thy soul diligently. And what? And keep thy soul diligently. And what? And keep thy soul diligently. Least thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and least they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. So, brothers and sisters, I need you to examine this closely. Read that one more time, brother. Take your time. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently. Keep thy soul diligently, brothers and sisters. Soul food is absolutely essential, not optional, brothers and sisters. Our soul is the core of who we are. And without spiritual food, the soul atrophies, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Only only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thine heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. So, brothers and sisters, in order to keep our soul diligently, we need the scriptures. So what we'll do is we'll use the Bible to teach us what is good for the soul, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 11 and 17. The Bible's going to tell us what to feed our soul and what to abstain from. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 17. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul. Read that again. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth troubleth his own flesh. The Bible is giving you good food, brothers and sisters. This proverb is an expired axiom about mercy, and the results are certain, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. See, the Most High blesses men with goodness. (laughs) If you're merciful. So if you're merciful, he'll bless you with goodness. But he chases the cruel men with trouble, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 17. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. See, and that's the key, brothers and sisters. Mercy is kindness to those who do not deserve it and cannot repay. But by showing mercy to others, we bring blessings on our own souls. See, this is soul food right here, brothers and sisters. This is soul food because a lot of us don't possess mercy, brothers and sisters. And that's key. Our people don't possess that on a high level. If somebody do something to me, I have to repay them or cut them off. (laughs) See, this is something we have to deal with because why? It's good for your soul, brothers and sisters. See? Let's go to 2 Samuel 22 and 26, Brother Wesley. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Oh, excuse me. Follow us, brothers and sisters. 2 Samuel 22 and 26. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 26. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. Read that again. With the merciful, thou shalt show thyself merciful. And with the upright man, 
that will show themselves upright. Read. With their pure, with their pure, thou wilt show thyself pure, and with thy forward, thou wilt show thyself unsavory. Read verse 26 again, brother. Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 26. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. So that's key, brothers and sisters, mercy. This particular trait is always in danger of being neglected, brothers and sisters. Why? Because our natural response to being offended is instinctively to get even, brothers and sisters. And guess what? Society has trained us to believe mercy is weak. Why is that? Because if there's an opportunity to be merciful, that means an offense took place that must be overlooked. And that's weak, according to society, brothers and sisters. See? So this is something we all must learn and apply to learn mercy, brothers and sisters. Because why? It's good for your soul. <laughs> See, the Bible is the spiritual nutritionist. Okay? Let's go to Proverbs 19 and 11, brother. Because we talked about what? Overlooking an offense. If you want to be merciful. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. And it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Brothers and sisters, overlooking a wrong done to oneself is a sign of maturity, brothers and sisters. See, a sign of spiritual maturation is when we can ignore a discourteous action towards ourselves, brothers and sisters. See, that's key. That's mercy. Read that one more time, brother, please. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. And it is his glory to pass over a transgression. To pass over a transgression, brothers and sisters. See, I can overlook that. See, I don't have to repay a brother every time I'm offended. So now I go offend a brother because of what he did. Because the Bible tells you, don't render evil for evil, brothers and sisters. Because there's no excuse for it. <laughs> Unless you're going to say, well, because he did this to me, I did this. And that's childish. That's why we said a sign of spiritual maturation. Is to overlook brothers and sisters. See, there's a way in which we may not get even with them, but above them. And that is to forgive them, brothers and sisters. We must show equanimity, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Proverbs 16 and 6, brothers and sisters. Please follow us there. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Read that again. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Look at that, brothers and sisters. The best way to live is when mercy and truth combine to purify our lives, brothers and sisters. The motivation to seek and practice both of them is the fear of the Most High. Read that again, brother. By, the, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Read when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Look at that, brothers and sisters. See, that's who you have to be. That's who you have to be, brothers and sisters. Like Christ, when Pontius Pilate said, listen, you almost convert me. <laughs> when your enemies don't even have something negative to say about you, other than they don't like you. But they can't point to anything you've done. <laughs> See? By mercy and truth is iniquity. What's iniquity? Sin is purged. Brothers and sisters, see, so mercy and truth are two jewels of perfect godliness, brothers and sisters. Mercy seeks to compromise judgment 
for the benefit of another. The truth demands that you do right at all times, brothers and sisters. See? We're not talking about just to compromise righteous judgment. We're saying understand when you have place for peace or place for mercy. See? Just because somebody did something to you, you don't have to respond. This previous scripture told us that. A wise man or woman deferred their anger and overlook a transgression. See, that is the key mark of a man or woman of God. When a brother or sister have done something to you and then you don't respond with anger. See, because if Satan understands, that's all it takes. Okay, well now I know how to get him. Now I know how to get him. So he's showing you what's good for your soul, brothers and sisters. Mercy. Let's go to Micah, brother. We're going to go to Micah. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to Micah chapter 6. We're going to read verse 8, brother Wesley. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. What does that say? He has showed thee, O man, what is good. Read that again, brother. He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee? So look, it says, I have shown you clearly what is good and what I require of you. See, without his instruction, we are bereft of good morality. Read that one more time, brother. He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. So look at that, brothers and sisters. Now that the clarification has been given to us, the more difficult task is to live into these requirements as God's people. See, this verse is an excellent summary of, of true discipleship, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly. That's truth. Deal with righteous judgment. And to love mercy. And to what? And to love mercy. That's key. Because why? Love mercy means don't just show mercy, but love to show it. See? That's the difference there, brothers and sisters. See, you must love to do it. Yeah, anybody can show mercy. But your, your righteousness comes from the ability to overlook what others would not overlook, brothers and sisters. See? Anybody can do something, but do you love to do it? See, he's dealing with the heart, brothers and sisters. Anybody can do something with an angry spirit <laughs> and be angry and mad about doing it. Listen, don't even do it. Don't do it. It says to love mercy, brothers and sisters. Read. And to walk humbly with thy God. And do what? And to walk humbly with thy God. Okay, so what did he teach us? He taught us truth and righteousness. He taught us mercy and judgment. And to walk humbly, brothers and sisters. Let's deal with that part. Walk humbly. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 1 and 30, brothers and sisters. Because why? The Bible is showing you what's good for your soul, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus chapter 1, verse 30. Exalt not thyself. Do what? Exalt not thyself. Lest thou fall and bring dishonor upon thy soul. And do what? And bring dishonor upon thy soul. That soul fool. And so... And so God discover thy secrets and cast down in the midst of the congregation. And do what? And cast thee down in the midst of the congregation. That's publicly. Because thou comest not in the truth to fear the to the fear of the Lord, 
but thy heart is full of deceit. So, brothers and sisters, it tells you, read that one more time, brother. Exalt not thyself, lest thou fall. Exalt not thyself. Walk humbly, it tells you, brothers and sisters. Self-exaltation blinds a person against dangers and against the growing resentment of other people and thus hastens his fall. <laughs> That's what it's telling you, brothers and sisters. Pride ultimately destroys all that it controls. It's a road to ruin, brothers and sisters. That's key. See, this is good for the soul. It says, exalt not thyself, lest thy fall and bring dishonor upon your soul. <laughs> Read it one more time, brother. Ecclesiasticus chapter 1 verse 30. Exalt not thyself, lest thou fall and bring dishonor upon thy soul. Read and so God discover thy secrets. God will discover your secrets. And cast thee down in the midst of the congregation. See, that's the key right there. <laughs> He's going to publicly expose what you've been trying to keep secret. What you've been trying to conceal. See, brothers and sisters? <laughs> Be clear. Be clear. Because if you don't deal with this, he is going to publicize your secrets. While he throw you down in front of the congregation. When it says in the midst of the congregation. That means everybody is seeing this. Brothers and sisters. See. Read. Because thou comest not in the truth. To, to the fear of the Lord. But thy heart is full of deceit. See. So people can be following. You know. You don't eat this. Don't work on that day. And still be dealing with pride. Brothers and sisters. You came not in the truth to fear the Lord. Why? Because the fear of the Lord means you don't have that, brothers and sisters. Or you're trying to root it out if you know it's there. Because the thing is, he will root it out for you, brothers and sisters. I always tell brothers and sisters, fix what need to be fixed before he fix it for you, brothers and sisters. Because he will fix it. <laughs> he will fix it for you. And you don't want to be in that space, brothers and sisters. You don't want to be forced. <laughs> you would like to just do it. Okay, you know what? I'm dealing with that. Let me, you know, let me give that some extra attention. Before he discover your secrets in the midst of the congregation, brothers and sisters. This is key here. Let's go to uh, let's go to Ecclesiasticus ten and twenty eight, brother Wesley. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus chapter ten, verse twenty eight. My son, glorify thy soul in meekness. Do what? Glorify thy soul in meekness. The soul food. See, meekness is good for the soul, brothers and sisters. And give it honor according to the dignity thereof. This is the proper spiritual nutrition, brothers and sisters. Read. Who will justify him that sinneth against his own soul? And who will honor him that dishonoreth his own life? Brothers and sisters, this scripture is crystal clear. You are to smother yourself in humility. That's key. Glorify your soul in meekness. It says, who will justify him that sinneth against his soul? Brothers and sisters, if you are an arrogant and prideful person, people would long for the day you get humbled. <laughs> they want to see you get humbled. <laughs> so you got to be clear, brothers and sisters. See, when you're dealing with pride, now they may never say it to you, but they can't wait. They can't wait. And they're not going to help you while you're down. They want you to be down so they can kick you some more. Who will justify him that sinneth against his own soul? Who will honor him that dishonoreth his own life? Glorify your soul in meekness, brothers and sisters. Smother yourself in humility. This is the proper spiritual nutrition, 
that is needed for a soul, a godly soul, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Psalms 22 and 26. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Psalms chapter 22, verse 6. 26. 26. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. Read that again. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. See, the meek shall eat and be satisfied. See, brothers and sisters, spiritual food, soul food. Those convicted of the insufficiency of their own righteousness <laughs> shall eat and be satisfied, brothers and sisters. See, read that one more time. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. See, he'll feed those who are humble, brothers and sisters. You need spiritual food for spiritual strength, brothers and sisters. And that cannot be denied. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. Let's go to Psalms 107, chapter 107, verse 9, brothers and sisters. Psalms chapter 107, verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul. Read that again. For he satisfies the longing soul. The soul that is hungry and thirsty. The soul that is eager or has an eager desire to be filled. And filleth the hungry soul with goodness. See? So look at that. He supplies the need of the hungry with good. Brothers and sisters. The Bible is our measurement for righteousness. Brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Psalms chapter 107, verse 9. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. See, you must be hungry for nutritious food, nutritious spiritual food, brothers and sisters. You must long for righteousness. See, the Bible is our spiritual nutritionist, brothers and sisters. This is soul food. This is food for the soul, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 18 and 7, Brother Wesley. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction. Read that again. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. And what? And his lips are the snare of the soul. Brothers and sisters, here's wisdom for a good life. <laughs> this is more food for your soul. It's telling you what to do. To be careful of your soul, what to do and what not to do, brothers and sisters. That's good for your soul, your inner man. Read that again. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. See? So guard your speech at any cost, brothers and sisters. What we notice here is, again and again, Proverbs returns to the dangers of irresponsible speech. Brothers and sisters, why much of the pain in our lives is because of words we should have not said. <laughs> we all know that we all can think about some things that you said that took you on a trail that you were unprepared to deal with. Read that one more time, brother. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. The lips are the snare of his or her soul. So this is showing us training our lips can save our future. Brothers and sisters, 
Why? Because tongues often cause mischief to others. But this proverb shows mischief to the speaker himself. Read that one more time, brother. A fool's mouth is his destruction. See? And his lips are the snare of his soul. See, the Bible's telling you. It's telling you what's good for your soul. What do you want to stay away from? And what do you want to feed yourself? You want to stay away from loose lips. Not being able to control your speech. Brothers and sisters. Saying whatever comes to your mind. See, that's the snare to your soul. That's key, brothers and sisters. To prove that, we're going to Proverbs 21 and 23. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Look at that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> this is soul food here. Read that again. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble. See, this is the proper nourishment for the soul, brothers and sisters, from a biblical perspective, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Keepeth his soul from troubles. Why? Because the large and loose use of the tongue brings a man often into diverse miseries, brothers and sisters. So what are we doing here? We're utilizing the Bible to count our spiritual calories, brothers and sisters. See, this is how you feed your soul. You go into the Bible, you find out the things that he tell you is against your soul and what is good for your soul. The bread of understanding, brothers and sisters. See, don't just work for that food that spoil, but for that which you cannot see. That's what we're doing today, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to. Psalms 81 and 10. Psalms chapter 81 verse 10. I am the Lord thy God. Read that again. I am the Lord thy God. Ahia, the Lord thy God. Which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide. Do what? Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. And what? And I will fill it. Brothers and sisters, from this scripture is an allusion to young birds when fed by the parent bird. Open your mouth, the bird, the you know, the parent bird's just feeding. So it's not a physical eating, but a spiritual receiving of the word of God as food here, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Psalms chapter 81, verse 10. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide. And I will fill it. Brothers and sisters, the body without an appetite for food is disease. The intellect without appetite for truth is diseased. And the soul without appetite for righteousness is diseased, brothers and sisters. This is what we're showing you. You must be hungry, thirsty for righteousness, brothers and sisters. And he will fill. He will fulfill you. Internally and externally. This is key information that you need because why? A lot of us look for fulfillment in things that could never fulfill. A lot of us look for satis you know, satisfaction in the place that can't satisfy, brothers and sisters. See, most people are running around this earth doing God knows what, looking to fulfill some hole they have in themselves, brothers and sisters. You can't fill that with money. You can't fill that with a job or a car. You can't feel that with a, another person, brothers and sisters. The hole that you're looking to fill can only be filled by the Most High. 
That's it. I will fill it, he says. See, so we have to look at this source, brothers and sisters. Because as long as we believe that we can be fed somewhere else that's not in this book, you're going to be unhappy, brothers and sisters. You're going to be unhappy. Why? Because your spirit, your soul is dying of negligence, of malnutrition. You're filling yourself up with that which is not profitable for the soul, brothers and sisters. The Bible was, the Bible is delivering a feast right now, brothers and sisters. All this soul food. Brother Wesley, let's go to Proverbs 19 and 15, brother. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 15. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. And what? And an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Brothers and sisters, the word, this slothfulness, this word is used figuratively here to speak of a moral and spiritual stupor, brothers and sisters. See, no biblical ethic stands higher than work ethic, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 15. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. It says in an idle soul, brothers and sisters, an idle soul or one that is unconcerned about his soul and the spiritual food of it shall perish for want of it, brothers and sisters. See, some of us are lazy when it comes to our spiritual condition, brothers and sisters. See, read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 15. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep. And an idle soul shall suffer hunger. See? So this is a warning against spiritual negligence, brothers and sisters. And the sure consequences of laziness where it says, shall suffer hunger. So he won't get up and work until hunger strikes and make him get up and work. <laughs> See? This is what happens, brothers and sisters. We don't correct things or do things until we're forced to do it. Till you're in a situation where you can't get out of it. <laughs> See, now all of a sudden you're hungry for righteousness. See, brothers and sisters, don't be slothful concerning your spiritual condition, brothers and sisters. Why? Because an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Why? Because you're not, you're not looking to be fed with righteousness. You're not seeking the most high. So you're going to suffer hunger. You're never going to be able to fulfill what you're looking to fill. See? Brother Wesley, let's go to Proverbs 13 and 4, brother. Please follow us. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth. Read that again. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Look at that. <laughs> Read that one more time, brother. The soul of the sluggard, sluggard desireth. And hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Brothers and sisters, the slothful or sluggard wants to obtain the end without the use of the proper means, brothers and sisters. That's critical. He wants to be rich without labor. He wants to be learned without study. He wants to be respected without doing anything worthy of respect. And guess what? The consequences are often terrible, brothers and sisters. Why? Because they become a plague and a burden to all who are connected with them. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. 
The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. See, diligence have a natural tendency to success, brothers and sisters. When it says made fat, that means they shall have abundance. <laughs> He's telling us, if you're diligent, I'll feed you. See, brothers and sisters, the diligent will have the desires of his heart, but he will do enough work to acquire his needs. <laughs> See? So he'll have the desires of his heart because he's do, he, he's going to do what's needed to obtain what his heart desires. The sluggard look at something and say, well, I should have that, but have done nothing to obtain it. I should be the CEO. I should be this or that, but didn't do what the other people did to get it. That's a sluggard. That's somebody who's spiritually lazy. That's key, brothers and sisters. He's showing you what's good for the soul. Diligence is good for the soul. Laziness leads to having nothing, brothers and sisters. Whether that's spiritually or, you know, physically. We must be diligent. Remember, he said diligent keep, diligently keep your soul. You have to work for it, brothers and sisters. You want to be fulfilled? You want to deal, you know, righteously? You must diligently feed your soul what is right. Brothers and sisters, the bread of understanding, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew 5 and 6. We've got one scripture after that, and we're going to close out, brothers and sisters. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Read that again, brother. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. See? <laughs> Look at that, brothers and sisters. For they shall be filled. You only can be fulfilled <laughs> if you hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you're looking to be filled with something else, <laughs> you'll never be fulfilled. Christ challenges us to look at our spiritual appetite with the penetrating words of this scripture. Read that one more time, brother. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. See? You are what you eat, brothers and sisters. Nutritionists tell us that our appetite determines our diet. Our diet determines our intake, and our intake determines our health. So look at that. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, brothers and sisters. So God gave us his word to be our spiritual food, brothers and sisters. Our spiritual and emotional nourishment comes from the word of God, and you must know that, brothers and sisters, in order to be successful. In order to be fulfilled, brothers and sisters. See, that's why we, that's why the Most High led us to put together this lesson. Because a lot of us feel empty because we're looking to fill that hole with something that's not correct, brothers and sisters. See? You must fill yourself with this and everything else will come on top. <laughs> everything else will come on top, brothers and sisters. See? And usually we don't know it. We gain, we, 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 we chase after what we want, and when we get it, it's not fulfilling. So we start running again. It's like, that's not what I thought. I thought it would fill me up. It's not. <laughs> if you spent all this time chasing it, then you get it. And it's like, I still feel empty. It never gives you the satisfaction that it appears to, brothers and sisters. It's never enough. We're going to go to Psalms 119 and 131, and we're going to close out, brothers and sisters. Psalms chapter 119 and verse 
131, brothers and sisters. Psalms chapter 119, verse 131. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Read that again, brother. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. I longed for thy commandments. I opened my mouth and panted, brothers and sisters. I long for thy commandments. See, that's where he wants us to be, brothers and sisters. What the soul requires for nourishment is contained in biblical literature. So feeding the mind with the correct instruction leads to good spiritual health, brothers and sisters. So we must choose to secure the best diet for the mind, brothers and sisters. See, if we desire for his commandments, we desire for his instruction, for his righteousness, then and only then can we be fulfilled, brothers and sisters. We're looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places, brothers and sisters. See, the Bible have the answer to what you're feeling in your soul, what you're feeling inside. It knows. It's only one way to get it, though, brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's like eating those vegetables that you didn't want to eat when you was young. That's actually what's good for you. <laughs> See, you want to eat Doritos and Ho-Hos and Twinkies. Eat some of those potatoes. Eat some of those asparagus. See, may not taste the best. Why? Because you have to study, you have to read, you have to change. But guess what? It make you strong like Popeye. Brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was soul food, brothers and sisters, where we use the Bible to do what? To show us, to illustrate what is the proper nutrition for our, for our bodies, for our, our souls, our spirits, brothers and sisters. Because why? You can feed yourself food that's against your soul. You can feed yourself things that work together in conjunction with God's purpose for your life, brothers and sisters. You are what you eat. Remember, it tells you, a fool feedeth on foolishness, brothers and sisters. And a wise man long for thy commandments. Always remember, brothers and sisters, without spiritual food, the soul deteriorates. Today's lesson was soul food. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.